viewers and listeners, thanks for joining the show. Matt Marshall here, signing in. Ed and I had a great time during the National Preparedness Month, and there was a bunch to cover. And on this particular episode, we went over our typical one hour of content. So we're going to split the show into two parts. First, we'll talk shelter in place and evacuation planning. Second, we'll cover communications. If you haven't already done so, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite app. And don't forget to rate the show with as many stars as you feel we deserve. We hope you enjoy at Gen X Talking. Now, on to part one, shelter in place and evacuation planning. Well, hey there, all you Gen Xers. Great to be back again for another exciting show on making plans for preparedness. I'm Matt Marshall, overall preparedness enthusiast, and I'm here to remind us all with preparedness comes comfort, with preparedness comes peace, something we could all use a bit more of. And I'm Ed Wasson, a.k.a. Wilksy, and I'm here to remind us that with proper prior planning, you will prevent piss poor performance. Perfect, Ed. Perfect. Well, Ed, before I, I really launch into anything today, I wanted to start with a special thanks to our listeners and our viewers. Uh, hey, we've almost hit 700 downloads of our podcast in just about 45 days. That's a pretty incredible feat, uh, and, and we are super excited. Um, we wouldn't be here without you all, our loyal audience. So we thank you, and we thank you. Yep. Thank you very much, everybody. So as a quick reminder for those who haven't already done so, hey, consider subscribing at podcast.genxtalkin.com. Now, with that said, you could also, of course, look it up in any of your podcast apps that are out there. So please take a moment, subscribe, and you'll get any of the latest uh, episodes coming up. Ed, anything else you want to add for the listeners? Uh, just reiterating that. Thanks. We greatly appreciate all the support out there. So with all that said, on to the show. It's National Preparedness Month, and almost the end of it, in fact. Mm -hmm. That mainly means two things as National Preparedness Month. It means making a plan, and it means creating a bug-out bag or a go-bag. We've spent some time in the past couple of episodes uh, talking about different types of bags. We've talked about everyday carry bags, go-bags, bug-out bags, get-home safe bags, all sorts of really cool bags that are out there. That's not the end of it. We'll talk about more of that stuff, of course in future episodes. But today, I think, Ed, we are going to talk on the other half, making a plan. Making a plan. One of the important concepts around, around making a plan is first, we all really should realize that it's not just one plan, right? It's actually many plans. There could be fire escape plans, shelter in place plans, evacuation route planning, water collection planning, communications plans, financial planning. There's tons of plans that you can actually make. Um, we're, we're really only going to talk about a couple of different concepts around planning, things like sheltering in place, yeah. things like getting out quick. Um, and we'll touch a little bit up, uh, on like fire escape planning and things like that as well. So I was going to say some of those are pretty simple, like a fire escape plan. Mm -hmm. But I think the th main thing to consider is that people don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. I mean, you, you don't go to Disney World and you just don't have any kind of plan. You're at least thinking about what you want to do out there. 
And I think at with planning comes at least a little bit of thought. And that's for the most part what Matt's going to talk to to us about today with planning is at least putting a little bit of thought into it. That way you're already thinking about planning and then the planning can come into effect. Yeah, you know, it's funny, Ed, you just mentioned something that's very, very interesting. You said if you're going to Disneyland, you create a plan, right? Mm-hmm. And I well, find most inter- people do anyway. Well, really, exactly, exactly. But I'm sitting here thinking to myself, yeah, I mean, I go to a theme park, I create a plan. I look at a map and I go, okay, I want to go look at this one. I'll go to that one. I'm going to go that one. I'm going to go that one. This is my plan to get through the park. Or or if I'm going to work on a particular, you know, at a at a particular location on a on a day, I, I plan, okay, we're going to work on this project, then this project, then this project, and we're going to conclude with, then we're going to go to lunch, and then we're going to finish up with this in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, everything we do in life is better performed if we have some type of plan. So when it comes to preparedness, why wouldn't we create some form of plan? Yeah, um, I think a key thing is... A lot of people talk about planning and you're in the corporate world or whatever, and you have people that go to meetings all day and you don't even know what they ever talked about. Nobody knows whatever got accomplished in those meetings. Yeah. And when you're at that high level of an executive decision, who knows what the outcome is going to be. But in your own world as an individual and trying to um, basically govern your life and, and, help facilitate the peace, comfort, and security of those in your family and household that love you and everything else like that. A little bit of thought and a little bit of planning for very basic things is actually quite easy to accomplish. And Matt's going to help guide us through some of that. The biggest part of our of our community is new preppers. You know, I'm, I'm not going to teach uh, uh, Mike Glover what to do as far as prepping goes, you know, mm-hmm. field craft survival. I'm not going to teach Tim Kennedy what to do yeah. about, about survival. These guys are the epitome of survival and preparedness. So yeah. I'm never going to teach them something unless it's like just something specifically from my mind, but new, new preparedness minded folks. This is where I think we can really help people because we have a, we have some excellent points of view, but what I, one of the things that I would like to start with is just sharing some very simple resources actually from the government yep. uh, that can help people to understand. Now, I'm not saying that we should rely upon the government to solve our problems. What I'm saying is <clears throat> don't reinvent the wheel, right? Right. There's, There's a lot of useful information that's already out absolutely, there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tons of it. Tons of it. So I, I would recommend to, to many users, start with a couple of different things, right? First off, ready.gov, the most, probably one of the most popular prepping sites that preppers don't like to go to, right? Because mm-hmm. it's government and like lots of preppers, lots of, you know, homesteader type people think don't want to rely on the government. So I'm going to be a libertarian. I'm going to be an independent. I'm not going to rely on that. But ready.gov really does have a lot of information. It helps people. A lot of people understand what it's like to make a plan. It is one of the most simplistic ways to to review, to research, and then to start developing your own plan. They've got, I actually posted another blog post on scheduling your preparedness. And, and it it takes a snapshot that 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 website provides for us and it breaks it up into 12 sections. You could actually take each one of those sections 
and do each one of those sections each month. And in a year, you're so much more prepared than yep. you normally would. Okay. Now, granted, you could do it. You could do it yep. so much faster than that if you really, if you were to really put a focus on it. Yeah. And it's um, easy peasy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it will, it, it can be one, you know, on the, on the reverse side of that, I saw this other post, it was 30 days of preparedness. And it was like, I mean, it was like one day you're going to build an entire water supply. Okay. So you're going to, not only are you going to collect one gallon per person for X number of days, right? What it, maybe it's seven days or maybe it's 30 days, whatever that time frame. Mm-hmm. One day, you're going to solve your entire water problem. The next day, you're going to solve your entire food problem. The next day, you're going to solve your entire shelter problem. The next day, you're going to solve your entire security problem, right? Mm-hmm. 30 days, you can get a lot done, but you'll also spend about $50,000 if you you know really do it right. Yeah. Not realistic. And that's so, not offering much of a contingency either because that sounds pretty stringent. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super stringent. Whereas, whereas if you take something over time, uh, you know, for instance, if you just, if you went to a site similar to the ready.gov, which it's actually um, re- uh, provided by FEMA, you just took the most basic concepts that they, that they provide for you. Um, one of the biggest one is kind of step number two, and that's communications plan, creating a very detailed uh, communications plan for you and your family and and maybe your you know other other relations friends around your area that you may want to help in in times of disaster or times of need right Camo plan and camo chicks later on in the show we'll talk a little bit more in detail about communications planning and then there's the the family emergency plan you know that's uh that's a big part of that that ready.gov site it really delves into families friends families with with kids younger kids as well as teens but then it also has uh some information about maybe elderly pets it has just a plethora of information so it helps us to create a family emergency plan that would be super helpful for for just about anyone so i just wanted to start and and let the viewers and listeners know that there are very very simple places you can go to gain information and then, yep. and then you can really get, start getting deep into it. And that's, yeah. there's, there's a plethora of sites and videos and podcasts that we can use for making plans as well. So this is a great place to start, right? Yeah. Matt, I was talking about planning. And um, when I think of planning, I think of the very basic military operation planning. And we had acronyms like BAMSIS, which was begin planning, arrange reconnaissance or information gathering, um, make your your plan and your reconnaissance and complete the plan, issue any orders, and then supervise. And then you had another one, SMEAC or OSMEAC, which was your situation, mission, execution, administration, and commands, things like this. Mm-hmm. And I think if you start with like begin planning, just begin thinking about it yes. and do a little bit of research then you'll find the next steps are actually actually fun to research. I think this is one of the reasons I got so passionate about yeah. preparedness is because it becomes, you know, not just stressing out about, oh my God, what am I going to do in a hurricane? Or what am I going to do if there's a nuclear bomb or an EMP? Uh, and, you know, read fiction books. 
and try to yeah. tear them up, try to tear them apart. That's what I do. You know, I'll sit there and I'll listen to a, an audible or I'll um, read a particular book, whatever it may be. And, and I'll sit there and think to myself, would I respond in that type of situation similarly? Or what, you know, how would I, how would I do that? There's a, there's a great series of book books uh, called uh, getting home, um, which is it's, it's interesting because it, the, the premise is a guy that has a remote job. He travels around for his work in the mm -hmm. Southeast, Southeast United States. Right. And he was driving and he just, just as a, as a regular kind of everyday thing, he would throw his bug out bag in the back of his car and he just have it back there. And he traveled, he drove around to wherever he was. <clears throat> he didn't necessarily plan everything out, but he generally talked about preparedness with his, with his family back home. Yeah. So he lived in Florida and he was in like Louisiana or something like that, or Mississippi uh -huh. and EMP or some big event happens he gets stuck, his car breaks down, all others' cars break down, and he thinks to himself, I know what this is. Cars useless, phones useless, computers useless. Put all find everything I can that's of value in my vehicle, put it in the backpack, start walking. Because mm -hmm. I'm walking back, I gotta get home as quickly as I can. And so that's oh. one of those get home safe bags, right? The concept of this of this book is is fantastic. And it it really hit home to me because it was like, this is, this is how I would respond. He was no, he was no Superman. He was no, you know, military specialist or anything like that. He was just a normal guy. He did carry a weapon because he was in mostly free states. So he did carry deadly weapons as, as well as uh, protective, you know, knives and, and other types of uh, non, non-lethal weapons. Which can be used as tools as well. But what's the name of this? Exactly. What's the title of this book, Matt? Go, Going Home is the first book. And there's a series of like four or five, you know, like surviving home and defending home and things like that. So, but Going Home, Going Home, I believe is the, is the first one. But it's a whole series. Of, I think it's about four books. So anyways, excellent, excellent series. I Similar, there's other similar type of books, but that's what I'll do. I'll sit there and I'll think to myself, okay, what would I do in that situation? Mm -hmm. And that's part of the fun of this to me. That's yeah. part of the fun of, of making a plan is, okay, let's see if I were caught in that type of situation, would I actually be prepared? You know, do it's I have a bug at back? Yeah. Even if it's something, uh, you know, trivial or n novel, something like that, like reading a book or a magazine article, or uh, even watching something on the, the t television or, listening to an audible book or whatever, it gets your mental juices flowing, you know, yeah, and that's yeah. part of preparing is thinking about these things. Yeah. It can be, it can be a little intimidating, a little scary. And that's the reason that's the, the biggest reason I'm suggesting someone start from the perspective of a ready.gov. It's extremely simplified, you know, so that, so that a kid could really look at it. If they, you know, if you wanted to, go into this with the, with the thoughts of training your kids up on preparedness as well. So it's a, so it's an excellent place to start. All right. So let's look at some, some basic plans. First off, let's, let's talk about shelter in place. Shelter in place. So my favorite. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I think many preppers, especially if there's uh, like homesteader homesteader type of preppers where they're doing, you know, planting gardens or, or um, 
uh, cutting down trees, whatever it might be. They're doing all of that so that they're prepared at home so that they don't have to bug out when the government tells them to. Yep. You know? Shelter in place and cross this line you do not. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like that. Um, so I, I think most preparedness mind people walk that same path. That first, in order to shelter in place, in order to do anything really preparedness related, but but especially thinking about shelter is uh, is thinking about your greatest threats. In some of our episodes that we've uh, that we've reviewed already on uh, on Gen X talking, we've touched briefly on uh, threat event types, and I want to yep. separate this out into four different categories. Okay, so first off, high impact, high frequency means high exactly impact, high frequency exactly what it says. Right, high impact meaning it it can cause a pretty significant impact on your life, on your daily life, whatever it may be high frequency something as simple as a traffic jam now i don't know a lot i don't know about you but the first time i moved out here i got caught in a in a um very very long traffic jam getting from one side of a one side of a beltway to the other side of a beltway just to get through and around a city i i spent three and a half hours going one way on the outer loop on this beltway Three and a half hours. That was effectively about seven miles. Wow. So three and a half hours. Do that you sounds think like that area? Do you do you think that I really had to go to the bathroom at the end of that? Preparedness. Maybe that's where those audible books come in handy too. Mm. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's say I had been fasting the day before. As Ooh. my wife loves to do, um, she does this intermittent fasting and, and she will go from effectively nine o'clock in the evening to four or five o'clock the, the following day and not eat anything. So imagine if she was stuck on that beltway and right at four o'clock and starts and it goes for another three hours or four hours of sitting there in traffic. You can't get on and off because you're sitting there in traffic. You can't mm -hmm. just exit, right? Yep. You're stuck. Yep. And, and we've all seen the pictures of that. So traffic jams, perfect example of high impact. It impacts you in a fairly significant way just that day. Um, and it happens pretty frequently in different, different areas around our country, right? Yep. That's um, why truckers carry lots of empty Gatorade bottles in their truck, uh, by the way. Uh -huh. Actually, some of them have actually a portable little porta potty. Yeah, right. If they right, get jammed in, in traffic jams. Truckers do that. They have a bathroom in their yeah. rig, basically. Yeah. But uh, anyway. Yeah, we don't all have those. You sound like you're speaking from experience there, Ed. Yep. In my rig, I had a little porta potty, but I never, I never got stuck in traffic that bad. Um, I mean, I, I got stuck in traffic a couple of times, but it wasn't so bad. I had to basically put it in park or pull, pull off the side if I could and use yeah. the bathroom. But, but uh, I had it in case I needed it, which yeah. um, I guess goes to preparedness. And it really wasn't my, my thought at the time I was driving somebody else's rig and, you know, for about a year and, and they had it. So yeah, gotcha. I'm glad they had it. it. It was there in case I needed it. And unfortunately yeah. I never needed it. That's good. That's good. 
Um, some other some other situations might be like if you if you live in or you travel through in order to get to or from work or home through a dangerous area. If you mm-hmm. live in a dangerous area, that is could be potentially high impact and high frequency drive by shootings or um, muggings in the in the neighborhood or robberies in the neighborhood. There are some apps that I that I uh, track on a regular basis, you know, any type of uh, criminal type of activities that's going on in your area. And it'll it'll show you a list each week of events that have occurred and where exactly. And they don't say like this address that what they do is they say the, the 900 block of Shore Acres Road or something to that effect, right? But I track those things because I want to understand what type of what is going on in my community. And if there's something, you know, you can kind of you can kind of monitor over time and and see what's what's really happening or get a yeah. sense that there's been an awful lot of thefts going on in that in that part of the neighborhood or whatever it may be. Yeah, but that, a lot of that comes with ex- training and experience as well, Matt. You, mm-hmm. You're going to run into different areas, different times. And once you get a little bit more experience, you'll see something like I noticed something the other day when we were in the south part of Texas, I was driving around with scouting my wife and we were in an area you could tell it was a little bit rough and probably a little bit of drugs in the area and stuff like that. But we had to get through the area mm-hmm. and Nishi didn't notice it, but there was a guy walking along the street there and he he made sure he made really good eye contact with me as I was, as I was driving and he just walk, started walking a certain way and he went like this, looking right at me. He went like this to his wrist, like he's, you know, telling me about what time it was, whatever. He didn't have a watch though. So he was, he was, you know, there, he wasn't warning me off a certain area or anything else like that. He probably thought we were cruising for drugs and that was his signal that he was holding. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Different areas, different times those people on the street will have different signals. It's yeah. summertime somewhere or something. Somebody will take off their shirt and go, go to the street corner, take off their shirt, swing it around. That, that means I'm holding right now. You can come up to me and, and, uh, and buy from me, things yeah. like that. So there's a whole bunch of different little subtle things that you can see that you'll know hey, I'm in a bad area and it's yeah. going to be high crime and it's going to be high risk. Yeah. So high impact, high frequency. Mm-hmm. You know, the the potential in that neighborhood, in that area, if you have to travel through that area on a regular basis, got to be prepared, got to have a plan, you know, um, fires in certain areas like, uh, you know, California has been experiencing a lot of fires more recently. Uh, Colorado is a, is a pretty hot spot for for fires up in up in the Oregon area as well. So generally in the in the West. Um, where there's a lot of forest dry, in particular dry forest areas. Um, and then there's there's other things like epidemics. I'm not talking pandemics like we've been experiencing in the last year and a half, but epidemics of yeah. uh, outbreaks and sicknesses that are that have gone on in different different parts of the world. Um, those are fairly common. you know yeah. we we don't think about them all that much because we're so overwhelmed with impact of what covid has done to us and but epidemics have happened a lot throughout history right yeah we had a that uh hantavirus epidemic through the four corners that, area that's right in the, the four day. corners yep yep yeah. i remember that little little rodents house fires another absolutely common thing that happens just about every day in the united states so uh another one of those things that are very high impact high frequency gotta have um, a plan for that 
Next up is high impact, low frequency, right? Something that can happen, a massive event that can happen that happens not so often. And, and so the planning for it is maybe lower on the, on the priority list. So there we're talking about very, very large weather events like the big hurricanes, you know, the, the superstorms. Yeah, that hit uh, New York San- really hard. Was it Sandra? Superstorm Sa- super Sandra? Gosh, I can't remember the name of it now. Anyways, of course, the big, the big hurricanes that have been coming, out, coming through even more recently. Um, those are big, big events. Of course, then you start talking about the other more obscure, like electromagnetic pulse or EMP, um, coronal mass ejection, which is, you know, very, very similar type of effect as, uh, as you would get from, a, from an EMP hacking and cyber attacks, like that big hack that happened to the colonial pipelines recently, which caused gas prices to go up so, so uh, dramatically. These are all, I wouldn't say so rare, but they are very, very rare. But boy, when they're very they, impactful, though, when they happen, they are very a lot impactful. of those, man, a lot of those are hard to um, plan or prepare for. Uh, you just have to kind of be in, you know, a little bit in readiness in general. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing about that, Ed, is if you prepare in general, mm-hmm. uh, you could be prepared for just about anything. Right. Oh. It, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but. It doesn't mean you have to have a year's supply of food and water and safety and, you know, guns and ammunition and protecting your house and having all these big walls to shoot up and all this stuff. That's not that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is the vast majority of things that might occur in your area are things you can prepare for. And that would certainly help you in these larger, larger type of events like oh, yeah. like hurricanes or or some of the more dramatic, you know, uh, fictional book type of events like EMP and hacking and things like that. Yeah. Speaking of that hurricane, that hurricane that hit Dallas. Well, actually, it hit Houston mm-hmm. a few years ago. I think it's Hurricane Harvey. Was it four years ago? Mm-hmm. Well, that, I think that so. wiped that wiped out gas for the whole region for quite a while. There was, mm. there's like three or four days I couldn't get gas at all. And when I did get gas, it was through one of those mobile apps. So oh, it's really? actually one of those people that came out to me to actually fill up and they, they had limited availability and the, the gas price spiked to like, uh, even in Texas is like three fifty a gallon. Wow. Wow. And so, that's yeah. actually, if you compare that to prices today, that's actually a normal price today, at least. Yeah. Where I live. So, so there's, there was almost <clears throat> two straight weeks that there was quite a few people not going to work. So. The upside of that was that the roads were pretty clear. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So now let's look at the opposite side and that's low impact, high frequency. So highly frequent events that can occur, low, low impact. They don't really cause that, don't really cause that much. So again, they happen all the time. Yeah. Happen all the time. Again, I would talk about traffic jams because although they could impact you in a pretty high way, typically a traffic jam, you know, uh, your your normal everyday traffic jam in most areas, it's pretty low impact. You know, you you'll sit in the car for about an hour and a half, two hours, and and you know you're fine. It's, or it's a little bit of a disruption more than anything. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then of course things like, uh, although I personally would find this a big uh, a big impact uh, if your vehicle's out of gas. 
right? And we've talked yeah. about this before, how, ways to avoid that, like never let your vehicle get below a half tank. Use the half a tank as your trigger to fill up. And then other things like pickpockets, muggings, they're, they're things that they happen pretty regularly, especially if you're in a pretty popular area like uh, New York City or, uh, or uh, you know, like uh, Mardi Gras or something like that. It happens just about every single night and many, yeah. many times a night, you know? Yeah. And it's it's higher frequency, but if it's just somebody picking your pocket, it's low frequency. Yeah. It's low impact on yeah. you. Just just write it off as a loss. Yeah. Um, and and the, there's as much planning and prepping as and def- uh, however alert and defensive as you want to be. If you're in one of those crowded situations, whether you're in Southeast Asia or at Mardi Gras in New Orleans, you're going to be targeted for that yeah. at the very least. So just yeah. just be ready to get back to the hotel room or whatever and find that, you know, whatever cash you were carrying is not in your pocket anymore. Yeah, right, right. Now, there's a there's, of course, mu- much more follow up if, if if it were your entire wallet and your, yeah. you know, your ID and your your credit cards and all the other stuff was in there. Like immediately you start calling credit card companies yep. and things saying cancel, cancel, cancel. Yep. But that's a totally different, totally different show, maybe um, yep. different <laughs> scenarios and different places and times you're going to be carrying different things. If you're in one yep. of those kind of events or areas, you're probably just going to be pack and light, you know, or carrying light and just maybe just one card and your ID card and a little yeah. bit of cash or something, you're not going to have your, you know, your whole wallet with you maybe. So, yeah, that's a very good point because that is part of planning. <laughs> if you plan correctly, you won't have your whole wallet with you. You only have, you know, maybe a couple of twenties and a, and a ID or something like that, you know, just something very small. So very just good. enough money to bribe the cops to let you go. <laughs> <laughs> because they're probably drinking too. Who knows? Yeah, you got to have a couple of packs of cigarettes, depending on, you know, what Eastern European country you're going through or something. You know, I, I got a carton of cigarettes here for yeah. you guys. Just stop hassling me. Let yeah, me go. Just let me go. Just let me go. Um, some one, one more quick thing on low impact, high frequency, relatively low impact. If you run out of food at home, because you can, in these times, you can just gent you know, usually you can just go out and get some more food or you can uh, just starve for a day. You can live three weeks without food, by the way. Just Yeah, Matt, on that point right there, I want to bring up that um, due to logistical supply chain issues in the U.S., especially that we've seen in the last year and a half. Yeah. Um, I would plan and prep to make sure you always have some food in your house at the very least, not just be on this day-to-day thing because oh, um, right here in the Dallas suburb areas, you go into your Kroger's or your Tom Thumb or your Walmart's or your Target's and you can still see at any time of the day, they're still having shortages of a lot of basic stuff like cereal. Gosh, that is that is uh, so true. Gatorade mm-hmm. in our area. I'm a, I'm a pretty ga- big Gatorade fan. I like to have it after I've, after I've done a workout and it's been very, very difficult for me to get Gatorade, all empty shelves. And it's so surprising. You don't expect to see it, but there is definitely a, uh, um, you know, a supply chain issue going on. Yeah, right there's now. something going on. And, and uh, I think, to be honest with you, I think you're going to see it more and more because I think there's yeah. been, if, if it hasn't been some sort of COVID or other natural disaster type issue that caused a hiccup or something in the basic logistic supply chain yeah. type thing. 
something something has had an impact and i don't and i've heard some of the some of the employees at the walmarts and stuff like that talk and they don't know what it is but they're saying yeah we we don't know what the deal is but we're consistently seeing a shortage of stuff you know ask the management well aren't you trying to you know get these orders fulfilled and they say yes we are and it's just not coming in so i don't know where the hiccup is but i i in a future episode, I'm going to talk about like survival rations. So we've got actual packages of survival yeah. rations. Yeah. That, I mean, that's always a good, a good fallback. The things like the MREs are, are mm-hmm. a good, uh, good use. Those, uh, those mountain house uh, or four Patriot um, little prepackaged uh, freeze dried foods or things like that. Those are, those are super helpful just to have around, you know, yeah. there's a, there's a, less expensive way to do it, which is to buy those, those, uh, number 10 cans full of a meal, you know, like yeah. a lasagna meal or something like that. Uh, um, but I, I have kind of shied away from the, the big number 10 cans because once you open it, I think you only have about two weeks to eat the whole thing. And, yeah. and that's just yeah. not, not typically the way I, the way I think through things, you know, as my, far as my big planning. thing is, my big thing is have a lots of oatmeal because, I oh, can yeah. eat oatmeal four times a day. Yeah. Um, if I have a little bit of sugar, or cinnamon, or butter, or whatever, and if you don't have those things too, if if push comes to shove, um, the survival rations, MREs, and oatmeal and things like that that are easy to store, keep for a long time, or rice and ramen things like this that we yeah. survived on when we were in college. Yeah, yeah. Have have about two weeks worth of that in your cupboard somewhere and i think you'll be fine hey it's a perfect place to start and it's super super cheap to do that right yeah super cheap super fast yep. super easy yep. get that stuff and never have to worry about well always stock up on toilet paper too apparently, apparently. <laughs> uh, you'll never have to worry about whatever the supply logistics chain issue is yeah i was, gonna, I was hopefully gonna talking about toilet paper <laughs> don't get me started uh, we, we were we were out of to- again. We were out of toilet paper for months. I mean, oh, we weren't we weren't out of toilet paper in our house, yeah. but we were trying to see if we could go in and get some more in case we mm-hmm. ran out. Yeah. And there was no place around for at least I think it's almost six months. Nobody yeah. had any toilet paper. Yeah, I find it's it. Crazy. I find it so interesting how we can we can we can sit there rush back to the as we're as we're standing in line for 45 minutes to get into a Sam's Club or a Walmart or something to get that to get that first you know access to the toilet paper that came in overnight or something because you heard somehow that it came in on Tuesday night and you're there on a Wednesday morning you couldn't and even order this stuff through Amazon you, you couldn't order it anywhere but the the fun thing i find great it just hilarious is how you can walk right past Kleenex tissues yeah in order to race to get to the toilet paper and people are just there's a huge pile of Kleenex tissues right there and i'm going well, I can wipe my butt with that, can't I? Or or the like even these little wipes. Yeah, the little wipes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We have a, we always had a bunch of these too and uh yeah. sometimes they were out of stock. Yeah, yeah, definitely those went out of stock in our in our local area too. Um all right, let's so let's finish up. Uh low yes. impact, low impact, low frequency. 
All right. Low so, impact, low frequency. Now there's there can be there can be a number of different things uh, here. I, I kind of limit it, but heat waves. Now down where you are, heat waves ha- happen a lot more often than they do where I am, mm-hmm. and and in a in a good part of the country though, heat waves are fairly rare. Low so low frequency, and and for the most part, most housing these days has some form of air conditioning. Housing and yeah. and businesses have some form of air conditioning, so it's not really not super impactful. Um, of course, if you're not up to date on bills and things like that, it might be a lot more impactful. But that's part of planning. Um, and then you know things like gas prices rising, um, a minimal storm surge, those type of things. These are these are all things that can that can affect us. Shifting gears just slightly, let's try to figure out how can a new prepper understand what threats uh, occur in their area. And and yeah. let's focus initially on just natural issues, right? Like um, like hurricanes, tornadoes, um, winter storms, heat wave, those type of things. So what do you think? Where do you think they could go? Well, like you said, like that uh, FEMA site. And for me, I even if you're traveling in, in your area or wherever you travel, you want to plan on what the one of the main things that I've seen occur multiple times is that somebody from a little bit further north travels down to the high desert somewhere around like say Carlsbad caverns mm-hmm. in Mexico. They go out on a on a hike and it yeah it's hot but there's it's a dry heat. Your sweat is evaporating. You're cooling down. A lot of people don't think to hydrate and they can get off a trail and they can get lost and you end up coming up with people that pass away on trails all the time because mm. they get lost. So first of all, no one where you are, are you going to be staying here where you're at? And, and this, what, what are point. the threats and risks where you're at? Are you traveling somewhere? What are the threats and risks where you're traveling from? And yeah. then just do some basic research with either um, those planning and preparation sites that you mentioned or very basic, fast, easy Google searches through FEMA or others are, are always yeah. going to be a, a good win. So there is actually a website that puts all this together in a super awesome interactive map. Okay. It's called the National oh, wow. National Risk Index. If you just do a quick Google search up for National Risk Index, it kind of takes you, leads you through this, but you, you, uh, you go to the particular website, you look for uh, Explore the Map. It'll show you this interactive map with all counties on, in every state in the United States, right? Uh, of course, it's a national risk index, so it doesn't help you if you're going to Canada or Europe or Asia or whatever. Let's say you're uh, Chicago bound, right? And you want to see what type of activities are going on going on in Chicago. You can you can click on Cook County, which is where Chicago is located, and it'll uh, zoom in on that particular map. And then on the on the side. What it'll do is it'll provide a much more detail on that specific area. So it'll say, for instance, risk index, it'll break down risk related to hazards, natural hazards. And it'll compare those risks, put you on a scale effectively compared to other neighboring counties and national average. So it'll, it'll rate and it'll say, it'll just use very, very general terms like more hazardous or 
significantly more hazardous or low hazard or something to that effect. So it's it's pretty general in in its in its categories, but you can look if wow. you just look at the map, you can see Southern California terrible because of heat waves, because of torn uh, not tornadoes, fires, because of uh, earthquakes, because of um, economic issues that are going on down there. Cook County, Chicago, New York, Florida, because of hurricanes, Houston, because of hurricanes yeah. and, and heat and all sorts of other things going, right? So you can see those big red areas yep. and then you can drill into those areas. If you just want to perform an exercise, you can see that. So it's not just the risk index stuff, right? It's also things like expected annual loss. So uh, that would be like based on the property values that are in that area, what is the potential for actual monetary loss? If there were a hurricane or a, or a heat wave or whatever it may be, you know, what are the actual potential uh, loss risks? And yeah. then there's, and then there's social vulnerability, which is interesting. And that's how susceptible a community is to those impacts. Again, we're talking about just natural hazards right now. We're not necessarily talking about economic collapse or EMP or anything like that. And then finally, there's there's some discussions about community resilience, meaning how what is the ability for a community to to prepare for these events and then adapt to those conditions, maybe recover a little more rapidly from the from the issues. So those are some those are some things that they provide on a regular basis. So I would definitely, as you're preparing to uh, make your plan to shelter in place, consider going to this national risk index, look up your own county and your surrounding surrounding areas. Maybe if you work in a different county, you can look up that county as well and try to define what threats are common in your area and how you can how you can prepare for those. Yeah, um, the, this is really neat. This map is really neat map. I, I got to tell you, my eye, my eye goes directly to the red spots. Like I, I know, said, that's what I Chicago, did right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Houston, you can see these red spots and you can drill in and out of the areas depending yeah. on where you're at or where you're going to. And I can see Houston or I can see Dallas. And then I can see what our, uh, basically what our risk index is. Now, one of the things I find is most interesting is, over there on that, on I think it's the right-hand side on that little uh, navigation area, you can drag down, you can see every yep. single nat um, natural hazard and yep. what risk index that nat natural hazard has in, in that specific area. But then at the bottom, you can also create a report. Mm -hmm. And that report takes all of that information for that county extracts it and puts it into a nice little PDF format that you can export and you can hold on to use as part of your preparedness planning, right? Yep. So and it, we're, we're into um, Texas and Dallas and H Dallas area and yeah. Houston area. So that's uh, Houston is Harris County. And in Dallas, there's Dallas County. Mm -hmm. So Houston is the highest risk county in Texas. In and Texas. you can see it's primarily because of hurricanes. Yep. And in Dallas, we have a high risk as well, but we're not the highest risk county in the state. But we have high risk because of tornadoes, hailstorms, and lightning. So uh -huh, those are you exactly. see right there on the map what kind of risk you have in what area. Are you in that area? Are you going to travel to that area? Now you know what most yeah. of the risk is. In instantaneous, instantaneously, you have that information readily available for you, so you can 
again, like Ed was saying, if you're traveling to a location, it's very, very helpful to to do quick research. Um, and and it's not always it's not always just the the obvious things like uh, like the hurricanes and the tornadoes. You know, there's other things in there, like you say, lightning storms, which you know, over in Panama City, you expect that over in Florida because that's like the lightning capital of the world. But but, uh, you know, in Texas, in central Texas, maybe you're going, well, I didn't really expect it to be, but doggone it if if it's there, you know? Yeah. Excellent. So that's source, good stuff. Matt. Yeah. So that so I think that's a, a place for people to start. Um, yeah. And and again, I say that's primarily for people who are sheltering in place. And then, you know, if you're traveling to a location, knowing where you might shelter um, wherever you're traveling. Yeah, and that brings up another point that I threw out a really quick, um, I think, Instagram and TikTok on uh, was that week when we were in uh, Crystal Beach near Galveston, Houston area, Mm -hmm. we actually ran into quite a few people that we were hanging out with. And they they have um, beach houses out there for vacation and vacation rentals. Yep. And they said they were there when one of the hurricanes hit and it, it came in and it went out and then it came in and it went out and it came in and went out. Well, <sighs> the first time they were able to evacuate and they got up the road a little ways that when the, they thought the hurricane had left, they went back to their house and the hurricane came back in and they were unable to evacuate. So they sheltered in place. Yeah. Yeah. So if certain thing happens, you're at a certain risk and vulnerability for getting stuck there um, you have certain risk uh, and vulnerability for property damage or whatever. But um, if you're able to evacuate, your house is going to have a high risk and vulnerability for being burglarized. Oh, if you're, yeah, that's right. If you're unable to evacuate and you have to shelter in place, here comes the next step. And maybe Matt and I will talk about this in an upcoming podcast, but now you have to worry about you are at a higher risk and vulnerability for a home invasion. Yes. So that's a different scenario. Burglary, you're not there. You don't have to worry about it. They're just going to steal your stereo and your TV or whatever. Home invasion, you're in there and they're going to be defensive or whatever. But apparently during natural disasters, they said they found out that there's whole gangs of people that will risk it and try to go into these houses while nobody's there, everybody they're thinking everybody's evacuated yeah. and the area is going to get burglarized. If they're stuck there and they end up sheltering in place, um, there's a couple of families that told us we were there and, and here comes a, a guy coming into our house intent on robbing us. Jeez, and man. fortunately in that area, that's the wrong area to do this <laughs> in because Texas is one of those free states yeah. and they had an AR in hand. So the guy with the that owned the house has his AR right there. He's like, "Can I help you?" And the guy turned around and said, "Nope, sorry, wrong house. <laughs> I'm gonna go next door and steal from what's there. I'm exactly. gonna go to this house that has a Biden flag on it." Oh. Yeah, exactly. We don't mean to be political in this podcast, but I'm just saying we do not. Yes, no, yes. Um. So, so no, very, very good point. I, I do find it interesting the difference. Um, you're, you're. Thank you for clarifying the difference between burglary versus home invasion, because mm. personally, um, burglary, I could care less about. Right. You know, yeah. and I, but home invasion. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's, you know, that that's some, some scary, scary stuff, stuff because yeah. they they're going to be armed with at least a crowbar, whatever they pride your door. Open yeah. To. Yeah. So if you're not armed, if you're armed with nothing. You're a victim. 
and you already know that they're a high risk person. They're real, they're willing to yeah. take a lot of a risk. So, yeah, right. and, and they're already um, probably on edge. They're probably druggies or whatever. So mm-hmm. you're in a very um, dangerous situation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's, let's uh, kind of shift gears here. Let's talk about planning to evacuate or get out quick. We have thrown out this uh, this time frame in the past. Uh, so the government recommends having a bug out bag as part of your national preparedness month, right? Uh, or a go bag uh, in the event that you have to get away from home quickly. And most preparedness mind people, including government agencies, say that within 15 minutes, you should be prepared to get out. And you should be prepared with at least 72 hours worth of life-saving stuff, whether it's whether it's heat, light, food, water, uh, security, shelter, things that you can put on your back, leave in less than 15 minutes, and live for 72 hours, all right there in your backpack. Now, of course, 72 hours, I personally think that's too short. I think it should be close to a week, two weeks. You know, be prepared for an extended period of time. So much easier to prepare for three days, right? Mm-hmm. You can throw a couple of energy bars in there and you're good for two days, you yep. know? So it's no big deal. Uh, preparing to, to evacuate rather than shelter in place can be actually scary. Number one, you don't know where you're going or do you? Because if you're properly prepared, you know exactly where you're going. Yep. Right. The, the, uh, the people who are not prepared don't know where they're going. So they end up going, uh, I guess I'm going to the Superdome because the Superdome is the closest uh, shelter, right? And they wind up suffering through situations that are so much worse than if they'd have just stayed home. You know, now that's not Katrina. I'm, I'm talking about Katrina and there's no way they could have stayed home in those situations. But No, that was an impossible situation. But that brings up another good point is that as you brought up, there's this FEMA site. It's a great site for, Mm -hmm. you know, your individual family household preparedness for certain situations, but you take Katrina or other events like COVID or like the withdrawal from Afghanistan. And you can see the U S government doesn't have a big scale plan on on uh, providing you with a reasonable amount of preparedness. So use the government resources to prepare yourself, yes. but don't rely on them because no, no, no. the Superdome or where, wherever is not the place you're going to want to be because it's probably going to be the one of the most disorganized and grab-assed catastrophic um, places to try to shelter. You want to, you want to prepare to survive and, survive on your own not yeah i wouldn't count on the government to have have uh, the best preparedness for you yeah i remember it was uh, i'm pretty sure it was darren wisdom when we were interviewing darren for the september 11th stuff that uh, that said you should be properly prepared but don't necessarily depend on the government because with all the experience he's had in all of his mili- 20 some odd years of military career and all the experience you've had of how the government organizes things. And if you think about how the DMV is typically organized yep. or the, they're not well organized and it's, and it's because 
there are literally millions of people they're trying to they're trying to service it's it's very, a huge thing it's very yeah. very difficult to organize for such a massive massive thing now now that's not to say that these that these people in fema and and uh emergency operations aren't well thought out and well prepared themselves they are yeah. they're absolutely ready i i work with these people all the time through my yeah. through my cert organization and they are awesome people great people yeah. and they mean so well yeah, they are not they're, to say they're not yes. the evil the evil fema that you read about in these fictional fictional books you know yes yeah, it's, it's not to say that they're not highly trained educated experienced or professional right. Right. there's a lot of great people that but it's a huge organizations yeah. and especially at the u.s government federal level you're you're just talking about very cumbersome uh overall scenarios yeah. and yeah. um there's just a lot of inefficiencies and bureaucracy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so Ed's actually absolutely right. Use the use the materials that they have to help you get prepared, but don't rely on them uh, to to provide that that support mechanism when you're when you're uh, uh, needing to evacuate. Have a place to go, uh, a place to bug out to. Have a bug out bag to go to. Have a means to get there. And and you'll solve a massive amount of the problems that you may run into. Yeah. Right. And of course, Things to think about in planning and, and prepping for evacuations. Yeah, yeah. And of course, keeping yourself safe and secure while you're doing it is another very important part of things. So absolutely. I want to talk about the most popular search on Google related to keyword preparedness, and that is fire safety. Creating a fire escape plan is actually one of the absolute top things in people's minds when you're uh, when you're talking about making a plan. It should fall very very high up on your your preparedness planning. It is probably one of the most one of the number one things that you can plan for because fires happen every single day and they destroy homes, they destroy people's lives. The funny thing is, it doesn't even have to be your home. It could be the house next door. If you live in a duplex their house burns, your house burns, you know, if, if, um, and I, I was talking to Ed about this just before the show today. Um, my, one of my wife's clients just recently had a place burned down their next door neighbor. The house is like 50 some odd feet away. And the client had to evacuate their house, of course, because what they, and because things were burning right next door. And I mean, we're talking about hundred foot flames, right? So they they got away and they they were standing outside basically all night long and and waiting for you know the house to be put out. But as they went to their house later the next day, they saw that all the siding along the house, their house, had melted down the side because the heat got so hot that it just melted everything. So there's a high high likelihood that even that far away, their house could have caught fire as well. Yep. You know, in fact, it was probably pretty close to being done and it wasn't even their house. You know, it yeah. wasn't even their house that lit up. It was, it was somebody next door, maybe being irresponsible or just, just made a mistake, whatever it might yeah. be. But they had to get out of their house, but they had to get out and they had to get out quick. And now they're going to be asked. I mean, there's going to be a stink in that house because mm -hmm. there was so much smoke all over the place, you know? Um, so there's a, there's a lot to be considered around, around fire safety, but number one, be able to have a plan to get out of your house quickly, right? Yep. Proper and it's not prior planning. Proper prevents prior 
planning prevents piss poor performance. performance. Okay. Yep. Perfect. Again, people don't fail to, they don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. plan. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So as a, as an individual, um, it might seem simple to us, right? Mm -hmm. If I was, if it was just me living in a house, I would go, okay, there's my door right there. Or my next uh, point of egress might be, you know, up the stairs or whatever it might be, you know, always have two, two means of, of uh, escape in case one is blocked. Right. And that's why actually I, I came really close to buying one of these for my, for my kids, but um, because I've got one, one two story window in, uh, in one bedroom that yeah. could be kind of high to try to drop from, you know, out the back, I, any of my kids could just jump out the window, you know, hang from the window, drop down, and there's no, no risk of injury at all. Out the front of the house, there is a potential risk. So if anyone in the front of the house, there was a fire in a hallway, they would have to go out a window that way. So I was thinking about getting one of those little extension ladder type of things. Yeah. I yeah, haven't done have a bad idea. Yeah, I haven't done so yet, but but that's something you could do, especially if you're in those situations where you're in like a, a third story or fourth story window, you know, apartment complex or something like that. And you yeah. just want to have something to drop you a little bit lower to the ground so yeah. that you can get out quickly, you know. Um, now in, in larger complexes like that, usually they have fire escape plans and directions. You can go multiple escape routes and things like that already planned for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. But what, what that implies though, that you actually pay attention to it. That's true. And you know what the escape plan is. They teach us in school. I don't know if they still do. I presume they do go look at the fire plan. Yeah. Know what your escape route is. And actually train that escape route. So yeah. why wouldn't you do that at work? You know, interesting. Yeah, interesting point. Yeah, because have you ever seen um, the Matt Dillon's first episode of Born Identity, where he's in the uh, oh Matt Matt that, Damon Matt, Matt Damon. Damon Matt Dillon Matt yeah, Damon you're right Matt yeah, yeah. Damon Matt he's Damon. in he's in the uh, embassy there and yeah. he's trying to get out and he just grabs off the wall one of their exactly. escape plans so he knows. All right, there we go. Yep, that's how I'm going to get out. Or that's a way to get out. Or there's the two escape plans. So what that also would imply to him is maybe this is the way they're going to be coming up to get me. So I need to go a different way or whatever it may be. You know, who knows? He doesn't know how, but he's also ninja trained. So yeah, and he can jump from very high buildings and climb down outside the building. Yeah, but that that was an interesting point. There's sometimes Hollywood has at least interesting points. And I thought that was one like, hey, there's the fire escape plan. I would have never thought about that if I was in that situation, but it probably works. That entire movie is a point and it is an awesome point. That is an awesome, awesome movie. Born Identity, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. (laughs) I got to go watch that again. That is so funny. I'm Matt Damon. Well, uh, Born Identity (laughs) and... Team America and Team America, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, that I guess the big lesson here is when it comes to fire safety. Uh, of course, you're going to do something at home. You're going to plan something at home for your kids, for your for your um, <laughs> your pets. <laughs> Except the cat. Except the cat. <laughs> Poor that is cat. so funny. Poor cat. Cats, gonna, if cat's only gonna the die. cat could hear me. <laughs> if 
Thankfully, the cat gave a crap what you think. Uh, she doesn't. She <laughs> just don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so pets. Uh, the other the other uh, part, of course, is if your family includes uh, small kids, um, elderly, yeah. um, you know, again, mentally challenged, physically challenged individuals, having a plan to, to take care of them as well is very, very important. Um, it can get a lot bigger than that, of course, if if it's a fire coming through the region, like you've seen in some of the Californias and the Colorado areas. Um, maybe you want to also help people in your community, you know, other people in your, in your neighborhood or whatever it may be help and make sure other people are taken care of or are able to evacuate safely and things like that. So that's, that's the uh, mark of a, of a true leader and professional and, and human is to not just be prepared for yourself, but be prepared for others. Yep. 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 Is you know if something bad goes down, there's going to be a lot of people that are just completely lost in the sauce, and it's a really selfish motive to just go along your way. And I, there's going to possibly be scenarios where um, you're not going to be able to help as much as you would like. But you're probably if there's a bad situation, you're going to have. If you're prepared and you're a human and a leader, you're going to have awesome opportunities to make some great connections with people to that serve, yeah, quite yeah. possibly saving their life. Absolutely, I I, uh, I posted uh, recently on our social media the um, that that fact of forty eight percent of people do not have the emergency preparedness supplies in order to get them through a disaster safely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 48%. So looking around you, that's that's half the people, half the houses around you will not have the necessary emergency equipment, emergency supplies, water, food, safety, whatever it might be. They won't yeah, have I'd, it. I dare say that probably at least 50% of the people that said they were prepared were were uh, exaggerating too. Poorly prepared. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. So you're, you're right. Might you're be right. poorly prepared and they said, yeah, I'm prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking, thinking that, you know, having a couple of cans of, uh, of top ramen or something. Yeah. yeah. 14 kids and a can of beans ain't prepared. No, no, not really. Well, for one meal, a very well, small well, meal, a couple of beans per kid. Yeah. 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 Hey, you know, we used to sing a cadence, 14 kids and a can of beans. <laughs> and, and was, are you going to go saying, on? <laughs> there's, there's cadences we sung in the Marines that we can't sing here on Gen no, X talking. No, it's probably not a good can, idea. We can sing the first part. Say, I know a girl from New York, New Orleans, 14 uh-huh. kids and a can of beans. And that's as far as we can go. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah. We'll, oh my God. We'll have a, we'll have a, an adult version of yeah. Gen X talking we'll, sometime. We'll, we'll do the uh, uh, outtakes behind a paywall. <laughs> yeah. Here's the outtakes. Yeah. 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 You don't want to watch that. So of course, doing this for doing this for work, looking at uh, escape plans, fire escape plans, things like that for work. Um, but also when you're traveling airports, hotels, um, temporary places where if you're going into office complex or something like that, as you're walking by the, the fire escape plan, just take a quick look. You know, don't rip it off the wall like Jason Bourne or anything like that. Mm. But, you know, just just be prepared and and have a general concept of what direction you should go in a in a case of a, of an emergency and where the staircases are instead of elevators, things like that. 
a little bit of foresight and planning can really help you out a lot. Um, case in point, last trip I took, um, I ended up having some allergies, headaches, sinuses, and other issues. And um, with a little bit of planning and preparation, I knew there was an ABC store right down the street a little ways. Go in there, buy the stuff dirt cheap instead of going into the Oh, into the casino, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And buying it for like $20 anyway. Yep. Yeah. I mean, any any little thing you're doing to think about what's the fastest, best, easiest, cheapest way to make me more comfortable, my family, my friends, what, how are we going to stay more prepared, more safe, more secure? Yeah. Any little thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, when everybody was in our, our office complex, uh, was the, the floor safety manager or, Mm -hmm. or the, the, the office safety manager. And that, that's the person you can always tell them because they've got their super bright vest hanging at the, at the front of their cubicle or in their, on, on their office door or whatever it may be. And that's the person to which you can go to, to find answers, things like that in, in emergency type of situations. So always just yep. be aware of that, be, be aware that that person is there and, and is, um, is designed to, to help in emergencies or yeah. heck, why not volunteer yourself for that role? You know, that's true. And those people in some companies and buildings there, I've seen them be um, pretty much mandated to have the escape plan posted right in their cubicle. Yeah. Yeah. The, so. um, one of the interesting facts I remember hearing in the, in that nine 11, one day in America, um, series was the, uh, the guy, I can't remember the guy's name, but there are several people who were actually involved in the, uh, had, had experienced the original attacks of the world trade center in 1993. Uh, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and they became the floor safety manager of their, of, you know, on, in their tower. And so they were the ones that could, could, could effectively say, not that they would ever say it, but people around them would say they absolutely saved my life. And they saved hundreds of other people because we trained this, you know, whatever it was every month, every quarter, certainly every year we trained and they were on our butts about it. Yeah. Every single time and taking it so seriously, like, you know, and everybody was joking about them taking it so seriously. And yeah. yet here, this massive event occurs and they have saved hundreds of lives because they went through all that training. So it's not very difficult. You know, I remember as a kid, we used to joke about it and we'd be like, oh my God, here we go. Another, another fire drill, whatever. And, and you're sitting out there in the cold and you're frustrated because you got to, you know, you're either falling behind in school or you're happy because you don't have to be in school or whatever, but it's uh, it, it should be taken seriously. And um, yeah, and we should all and, remember that. And that's where the veterancy factor comes into play. And if you're not prepared and if you're not that person, you should, even in your condition, be able to reasonably look up to somebody that, you know what their background is. They were, they've done this before. They're the, yeah. the floor captain or whatever. And uh, you should be able to go to them with some, some uh, questions and they should have some answers for you. So don't be afraid to ask if, if you don't know what, you know, some of these uh, scenarios might play out as you can always ask people. And 
with if you are that veteran you should have that veteran seat or where you have the leadership and experience built into you where you're properly motivating people and saying hey this is not just a drill this is why we do this drill or whatever so yeah, yeah. um you know if, if you're not the the veteran leader um don't consider it like you have a, a weakness or a flaw or anything just recognize and and if you're veteran leader or whoever your floor captain is uh, you might think they're if they happen to be a little bit weak they're not the ones that are really stepping up as much as they should maybe they're a little bit disorganized if you are of more veterancy or if you're more trained or experienced or whatever just be professional positive and pragmatic yeah. in approaching them and saying okay um I see that you're wearing the vest. However, I, I don't know if you're having a bad day or whatever. Um, let's talk about this. Um, maybe uh, we switch roles for a little bit because I've done this a few times before. Yeah. And let's get these people out safely, whatever the situation is. Yeah. If you're if you're the junior and you don't have the experience, um, accept that role. And if you are a more experienced senior or leader step up and accept yeah. that role now there's if we were if we were to back up just a hair to the the fire escape plan mm -hmm. and and talk a little bit about um about locations that you can that you can meet up yep um fire escape plan where are you going to meet where you, what's your immediate rally point <laughs> coming out of the house for the fire escape plan what what are some of the things that or have you have you given this much thought? What are what are some of the thoughts? We were talking about it a little bit before, but what are what are some of the thoughts you have on family and and if there's a, a an evacuation or something that needs to happen, how are you going to meet up with family? Where would you go? Anything like that? What what thoughts have you given to that? Well, we don't have a huge fire escape plan from the house because it's a very small house and mm -hmm. we can just get out the door. And we have actually had um, some episodes where I tried cooking and there was so much smoke in the house that we had to evacuate out the front door. So we were able to get out safely from that situation. And I ain't kidding, man. I had this thing fumigated. I mean, completely smoked out. But we eventually opened all the doors, turned on some fans and stuff like that. The, the fire alarms were going off. I think we were about to have the, the fire department called out here and everything else like that. But um, so we know if, if there is a fire, we're just going to there's one main egress route. And it's usually pretty mm -hmm. clear if there's not, there's I mean, the whole house would have to be ablaze. We'd have to be surrounded for us to not get out one way or the other. Yeah, We can usually get out the front. Uh, I, don't, I don't foresee a problem with that, with the size of the house. And that goes to planning you know, what size of house do you have? Uh, what's, what's the construction materials made out of? What other mm -hmm. materials do you have in the house? How flammable are they? But uh, for actually a diff any kind of different scenario, there's a couple of locations uh, outside of our neighborhood to the north that we're going to use as a rally point up there and we're going to text and things like that. So that's already planned out. Yeah, that's yeah we do. We that's do good. have very, very basic um, escape or evacuation immediate, like immediate escape or evacuation. I mean, within 15 to 30 minutes, we can get out. 
we can start rally pointing at this uh, certain uh, designated spot. Yeah. Um, I don't have a contingency plan for it yet. So I haven't told anybody, well, if, if this spot isn't working for whatever reason, go to this yeah. next spot. So yeah. we need to get to that next, next step, but um, we need to get our communications in, in order a little bit more and stuff like that. So. So the yeah. last thing, last thing I wanted to just comment on is um, just everyone, please just realize that national preparedness month doesn't stop at the end of September. It keeps on going and we should keep on going in, in uh, making our efforts more, more effective, becoming more prepared and, uh, and making a plan. So with that, Ed, you want to share some parting shots today? Yeah, my parting shot for all this is going to be that there's a, a viral um, Instagram social media little video out there where it's, a, I think, a current or former Navy SEAL talking to some type of graduating class. And he's saying, get up in the morning and make your bed every make day. Make your bed. Yes. That way. Number one, you've accomplished something and your bed is ready to sleep in when you at that at the end of the day. But in addition to making your bed every day, and I don't make my bed every day, but I get it ready. Once I get out of bed, I get it ready every day. Yep. I don't like I don't tuck in tight corners and things like that anymore. Bounce However, a quarter on it. Nope. Yeah. Mish <clears throat> and I have the bed pretty much ready. That way, when we go in, we can just, we don't have to, oh my God, now what are we doing? Anyway, yeah. in addition to making your bed every day, at least think a little bit about planning and preparedness every day. Make it a habit. Um, people like to emulate good leaders and good leaders, um, they're all about planning and preparation. And we are all creatures of habit. I mean, think of it this way. What hand do you use when you go to the bathroom? Are you left and right? Should I share Almost. this with people? <laughs> it, but think about it. We're creatures of habit. Yes. Yes. And good habits are also like bad habits. Good habits are hard to break. Get into this good habit. Make your bed every day. Yes. Plan and at least think a little bit about planning and preparation every day. It's going to, it's going to start coming more and more and you're going to have fun researching it. You're going to find out new things every day and it's endless. You're not going to run out of things to think about and research and plan and prep. That's my parting shot for today, Matt. That is awesome. Yes. And by the way, if you ever get a chance to read the book, it is an absolutely awesome book. It's a, it's a great, presentation that he gives but it's a super short little book as well that you can that you can uh that you can get on amazon or kindle or whatever you whatever you read on um awesome so fantastic the the, the navy seal guy yep yep make your bed Uh, make your bed um so my parting shot i've i've kind of already alluded to it and that's uh preparedness doesn't stop it doesn't stop at nas- end of National Preparedness Month. Uh, it we should all just continue to continue our efforts to become more prepared, um, even if it's just for a fire, you know, a, a house fire, 
a, a regional fire, whatever it may be, even if it's just something as simple as that, just improve your chances of survival, your chances of being less affected, less dramatically affected by, by these, you know, potentially life-changing events. Um, keep going and remember that practice makes progress. Right. Exactly. Practice makes progress. Yep. And that's all progress. I have for, for, a, yeah. for a parting shot today. Yeah. Progress over perfection, guys. Mm-hmm. And again, we thank everybody for uh, listening and, and downloading and everything. Um, it's greatly appreciated. Um, you can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, everything else out there. And if there's anything that, you know, we're very open, open to any feedback. Mm, uh, let us know, let us know the positives or, or negatives, uh, the sustains or the improves what are for sustains. What are we doing that you like that you'd like to see us uh, do more of improves wise? What is it that you would like us to, to, uh, what do you want to see us do or hear us do? Uh, how can we improve what we're doing? We're always willing to feed, uh, willing to, uh, listen to that feedback guys. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that, Ed. All right. Well, Thank you, Matt. Another, Always a pleasure and privilege talking with you. Another another good show. Uh, until next time, this is Matt Marshall signing off. Ed Watson signing off, guys. Be well. <laughs>